in last Sunday's Gospel from Mark. We found ourselves in the boat with the disciples being tossed about by the storm at sea. And like them, we were so amazed when Jesus calmed the wind and the waves that we might well have asked as they did, who is this man? And a follow-up question for us today might be, do I want to become involved with this person who has such power and who is in charge of my environment? On the other hand, can I afford not to get involved with someone who is clearly interested in the well-being of others? Strangers? Those who are sick? The dying? The unclean and the unwanted? Someone who calms my anxiety and stills the other storms in my life? The remarkable characteristic that connects the healing incidents throughout Jesus' life is that those who are healed had been considered by others to be outsiders, both socially and religiously. And those who observed these amazing miracles thought that they were the insiders. They were the ones who had it all together. They were in the crowd, getting in the way of the pleading woman who only wanted to touch the tunic of the one she believed could help her. They were at the house of Jairus, the synagogue official, and reported that his daughter was dead and that Jesus didn't need to bother anymore. The other characteristic of Jesus' healing mission was his intention to establish a community of followers who would know that no matter their status or their lot in life, they would be welcomed in the household of God's mercy. And there were no exceptions. The woman, who is not named, becomes a model of discipleship. She seeks out Jesus with a faith that others had not shown, and she breaks through the barriers that others had placed in her way because of her gender and her illness. She discovers that there is no barrier to the mercy of God. The raising of the synagogue official's daughter makes a strong statement about who is the source of any restoration to new life the one who can return a child to her parents, who can restore this family to the wholeness that God has intended. It is not the official of the public institution, but the one who is from God, the one who is all about compassion. And it is this compassion, my friends, seen so clearly in both stories, that is the singular mark of our own discipleship. These two stories, I believe, have a strong message for us today. Notice that the conditions that are present with both the woman and the young girl are of human origin. The woman's illness is regarded as a sign of her ritual impurity. A law that says that anyone who comes in contact with her is also ritually impure. 
That's what the religious leaders said and taught. It seems that they who made this law were more interested in protecting themselves than in expressing compassion. Placing human restrictions on another's spiritual needs is a high form of self-righteousness. In these days, this is a lesson that some pastoral leaders and some bishops in this country might well reflect on. The young girl who has died is seen as being beyond the realm of God's concern and God's power. Perhaps they did not remember the words from the Book of Wisdom, our first reading today. God does not rejoice in the destruction of the living, for God fashioned all things that they might have being. The healing that these stories present on the surface is physical, but there is a deeper healing that is being portrayed, the deep profound healing that God desires for all of us. The initiative of the woman, the courage of the synagogue official, should give us hope when we struggle with feelings of isolation or moments of anxiety or the uncertainties of health. If you've ever been ill or been very close to someone who has been or who is now suffering, you know how those times can be overwhelming. It can feel as if the rest of the world is happily moving on with life. While I'm just trying to find comfort and meaning one day at a time. The feeling of being on the outside can change our social energy and even drain our spiritual resources. We want to be in touch with the one who cares. No matter our experience of life, we all have a deep hunger to reach out to touch the presence of God, a presence that comes to us through the risen Christ, a presence that is ours to hear when we proclaim the word of God, a presence that is ours to hold as the body of Christ a presence that belongs to us more than anything else in God's creation, a presence that God desires for us that we might have life and have it in its fullness.